I would like to welcome to the club our most recent Patreon supporters, Lauren N. and Christy L. Explicit content is found in this episode, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the True Crime Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Lainey. New Year's Eve 2018 began as a wonderful day for Sergeant Tyrone Hassel III. However, the new year rang in without him, as just one hour before midnight, Tyrone was shockingly gunned down and, unbeknownst to everyone, the whole thing was planned by his wife. Okay, on to the show. Tyrone was home, on leave from the United States Army with his wife and son, and life was good. He had recently completed a nine-month tour of duty in South Korea and was rewarded with some leave time with his wife and son, so they all traveled to visit Tyrone's family in Michigan. Tyrone and his wife, Kamaya, were supposed to fly back home to Georgia just after the Christmas holiday, but because there wasn't anything they had to be immediately back for, Kamaya decided they would stay until after the new year. Tyrone was happy to spend some extra time with his immediate family, so he happily agreed. His younger sister was going to Georgia to stay with them so she could explore the opportunities there since she had just graduated from college, so the family was eager for a little more time together. But before they all left back to Georgia, the Hassel family would have a New Year's Eve celebration together. Kamaya decided to stay back as she wasn't up for the gathering. She asked Tyrone to bring her something to eat from the party, and because there was nothing he wouldn't do for her, he immediately agreed and made up a plate. Tyrone drove to his dad's house, where Kamaya was staying to drop off the food, but he wanted to be back in time to watch the New Year's Eve ball drop on TV. So he kissed his wife and ran out the door. Suddenly. Tyrone was ambushed by a gunman who proceeded to shoot him to death. He was immediately rushed to the Spectrum Lakeland Hospital, where he died of multiple gunshot wounds, including one to the head. His family was devastated. They wondered who would ever want to hurt, let alone murder, this sweet, jovial young man who was beloved by so many. Tyrone left his relative's house around 11 p.m. that night, and police were dispatched at 11.05 p.m. to the scene of a shooting at the 2000 block of Colfax Avenue in St. Joseph Township, located in Berrien County, Michigan. After the murder, Kamaya called Tyrone Jr., delivering the horrible news that would change their lives forever. Tyrone Jr. raced back to his house just in time to see his son, being loaded onto an ambulance. He ran towards the paramedics and pulled back the sheet to see what no father, no parent, should ever have to see. There on the gurney was his precious son, lying there motionless, with his eyes open and half of his head blown off. It was a sight that would never leave him and have him later saying that he would always be stuck in the year 2018 unable to move on to 2019. 
While the ambulance was preparing to rush away, Kamaya attempted to hop into the ambulance too, but Tyrone Jr. stopped her because he didn't want her to have to see anything more than what she had already seen. Police and detectives arrived to investigate the cold-blooded killing of this well-liked young man. It was baffling at first, and reasonably, Kamaya seemed devastated. Everyone knew that Kamaya was Tyrone's queen and that he would do anything for her. It was believed by all that she felt the same way. Tyrone Hassel III was born on August 23, 1995, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Benton Harbor is located along the west side of Michigan, right along Lake Michigan. His parents, Tyrone Hassel Jr. and LaShonda Jones, had a total of 10 children between them, and the younger Tyrone was one of eight boys, and he also had two sisters. He was a high school scholar and excelled in both academics and sports and graduated high school in 2013 with honors. Tyrone participated in many school activities, including JROTC, marching band, basketball, baseball, track, and was even the treasurer of the Kappa League. He was so ambitious that he was duly enrolled in high school and college classes at Grand Valley State University, which allowed him to graduate high school with a college associate's degree. He decided to major in mechanical engineering, but before he declared a college, he traveled to Maryland, New York, Texas, and Louisiana to look at schools. In January 2015, he made the commitment to serve his country and join the U.S. Army, where he also earned honors for his service, including the Army Achievement Medal and the German Army Proficiency Badge. Tyrone moved through the ranks very quickly and was promoted to sergeant on October 31, 2017, when he was only 22 years old. He was based at Fort Carson in Colorado for a brief period in the summer of 2015 before traveling to serve around the globe. He met and fell in love with Kamaya in 2016. They were both specialists in the army at the time and their relationship immediately became very intense. Before long, they were inseparable. The couple married on May 17, 2017, which was a little over three months after they welcomed their first child together, Tyrone Hassel IV. They were a happy little family and affectionately referred to their little boy as Chunk, mostly because he wasn't so little. Chunk was a very healthy baby and big for his age. They moved to Georgia shortly after their marriage and were both stationed at Fort Stewart. It was during this time that Tyrone was sent overseas for that nine-month tour in South Korea when Kamaya met Jeremy Cuellar, who was also a specialist in the army. Kamaya and Jeremy, who was known to her as Quay, were immediately attracted to each other and started hanging out all the time. Before long, other co-workers began noticing how much time Kamaya and Jeremy were spending together. They went to the gym together and would frequently be seen around town catching a bite to eat. They started their affair soon after meeting, and it became hot and heavy right away. Soon, they were dreaming of a life together where they could raise Chunk as their own. It didn't take long before this daydreaming took on a life of its own, and they began loosely planning ways to get rid of Tyrone. 
They knew there was a one-time death benefit paid out by the Army when an active duty member was killed. Plus, Tyrone happened to have a life insurance policy that was worth $400,000 and would be paid directly to Kamaya in the event of his death. Loose planning soon morphed into the two seriously planning the murder of Tyrone Hassel III. This would allow Kamaya and Jeremy to move in together, raise her son, and become rich enough to live comfortably for quite some time. The plans were in motion while Tyrone was still in South Korea. Kamaya and Jeremy made some big mistakes, though. They were very brazen with their relationship, and they didn't bother to hide it from the public. As a consequence, people talked. Jeremy slept with several different women. One even testified at Kamaya's trial later. He bragged to his friends that he had a new woman and soon it would just be the two of them with her kid and a bunch of insurance money from the army. Most of his friends didn't actually believe him, but nonetheless, he kept boasting about it. This was the very behavior that led the police to their first tip in the case. A little more than a week after the murder, the police received a tip that they should look into Kamaya and her boyfriend. The tipster explained that the couple had been talking about their plan to murder Tyrone, possibly for the military benefits, and that they planned to get married and raise Tyrone's son, as if Tyrone never existed. Police took the information and immediately brought Kamaya and Jeremy in for questioning. The two were separated while being questioned, Kamaya was in Michigan and Jeremy was in Georgia. Kamaya was initially steadfast in her denial of involvement. She claimed to have had no knowledge whatsoever of who would hurt her husband or why. When she was asked to come to the state capitol in Lansing, Michigan for further questioning, she agreed and told police she wanted to clear her name. When she arrived, Kamaya was interrogated by the police for a very long time. During the interview, she finally confessed that she knew who murdered her husband and why. She admitted her part in the plan and even told detectives about how Jeremy had driven from Georgia to Chicago, Illinois, and waited for word from her. He tried to kill Tyrone once during their leave in Michigan at the local Walmart, but was unable to. Because they couldn't execute their initial plan, Kamaya insisted she and Tyrone stay for longer with his family so Jeremy would have the opportunity to finish the job. She knew that her husband would never pass up a chance to spend more time with his family. So when Tyrone told her about the family gathering on New Year's Eve, she knew this was their last chance to carry out their horrible plan. Kamaya put the wheels in motion by carrying on a Snapchat conversation with Jeremy about when and where to pull the trigger. She told Jeremy that she had asked Tyrone to bring her food back to his dad's house, and when he was done dropping it off, Jeremy would then come out of the shadows and shoot Tyrone, leaving him to die on his dad's front yard. I'm going to pause the case right here so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Police arrested Kamaya Hassel right away and charged her with open murder. Jeremy Cuellar was arrested in Georgia for murder and was held in jail pending trial. At her arraignment, 
Kamaya pled not guilty and immediately began mounting a defense stating the police coerced her into a confession. She was taken to trial first, which prosecutors knew would be tricky because she didn't actually pull the trigger. She certainly planned the murder with her lover, but she didn't commit the actual killing. Could prosecutors get a first-degree murder conviction? It would be difficult, but Michigan prosecutors gave themselves an advantage by charging Kamaya with open murder. Open murder is a unique law in the state of Michigan. Quote, Michigan law does not require a prosecutor to choose between first-degree and second-degree murder when issuing a complaint or even at trial. A prosecutor may charge open murder, which is a combination of first-degree and second-degree murder, and the jury may determine the appropriate degree based on the proofs. This allows a jury to decide if they think the murder was qualified as either first-degree or second-degree, making the prosecutor's job much easier. While prosecutors knew Kamaya didn't pull the trigger, they believed she was just as guilty as if she had, and they wanted the jury to be convinced too. However, they at least wanted second-degree murder on the table if the jury wasn't convinced. The trial for Jeremy Cuellar is set for August 2019, but in the meantime, he is being held on $2.5 million bond and will be tried for premeditated murder and conspiracy to commit murder. He will be extradited to Michigan for his trial. The trial for Kamaya Hassel began on July 15, 2019. Tyrone Hassel Jr. was the first to testify, and he began by talking about all of his son's many accomplishments. His testimony was heartbreaking as he described seeing his son after the murder and how Kamaya even stayed with him after she planned the murder. They treated her like family and couldn't believe she would be involved in such a terrible act. He told the jury about how on New Year's Eve, where they live, there are always gunshots at midnight and he has always had a rule for his kids that they have to be home before midnight. He recalled telling his son to be back before midnight and said he checked his watch when Tyrone left to take Kamaya the food. It was 10.57 p.m., and less than half an hour later, his entire world was completely shattered. He couldn't move on and was struggling with his son's death. After Tyrone Jr. testified, prosecutors called several police investigators to the stand and they testify to the forensic evidence and the actual investigation itself. Then, the prosecution team had their bombshell witness, Army Specialist Hamilton. Specialist Hamilton was in the same squad as Jeremy Cuellar. They were comrades, brothers in arms, and they had each other's back. But he recalled back to a time when he was on leave with Jeremy, and how Jeremy had confessed to him that he had planned to murder his girlfriend's husband. Jeremy was drinking at the time, and this was a big no-no when on leave in the army. Specialist Hamilton chalked this conversation up to drinking and didn't really believe his friend would do such a thing. However, after he learned of the murder of Sergeant Hassel, he was conflicted. This was one of his brothers, and they were supposed to have each other's backs, even if it meant death. In the army, you had to be able to trust your squad with your life especially in times of war, and every soldier took that seriously. He was concerned about turning in his brother, but what if Jeremy had actually murdered this man? 
This was something he didn't think he could live with, so he called the police to give this case-breaking tip. When he testified, Specialist Hamilton admitted he never really thought Jeremy was capable of doing this. Prosecutor suggested that if it weren't for his tip, Jeremy and Kamaya would be living in Georgia right now with Chunk, living off Tyrone Hassel's half-a-million-dollar policy. Multiple witnesses testified about the relationship between Jeremy and Kamaya and how they flaunted it in front of everyone. They made no effort to hide their affair and many co-workers were uncomfortably aware of it. Cell phone expert Detective Heather Wyatt testified at length about the cell phone pings from Jeremy's phone as well as to the Snapchat evidence. You see, while Tyrone was in South Korea, Kamaya and Jeremy had planned the murder via Snapchat because the messages they sent back and forth would be deleted after they were initially viewed. But because she was concerned about something not truly being deleted, Kamaya took it a step further and she did a Google search on how to delete a Snapchat account and how long after a Snapchat account was deleted was everything literally gone for good. Google searches showed that after 30 days, all account data would be deleted. Because police searched Kamaya's phone more than 30 days after she deleted her account, they weren't able to pull any data or messages from her Snapchat account. Heather Wyatt testified that even though Kamaya's data was deleted, she still appeared as a one-time user in chat conversations on both Tyrone and Jeremy's apps. The contents of the conversations weren't visible, but you could still see that Kamaya was involved with the chat. She also testified that they had pinged Jeremy's cell phone several times when he traveled from Georgia to Chicago, Illinois, and to a Walmart in Benton Harbor, Michigan, back to Illinois, which corroborated the confession Kamaya gave police. She explained that the phone was likely turned off at one point and there were no ping locations during that period. During the time where there were no pings, Jeremy had actually used an old-school GPS to route his trip to Benton Harbor and return to Georgia to wait for Kamaya to get back to him. Another Google search Kamaya made on her phone was, what to do when I pay off my house, which didn't seem to be a normal search for a grieving wife. Another detective, Brittany Fleming, testified about the search they conducted on Jeremy Cuellar's Chevy Impala and how she located one 9mm bullet in the front passenger seat, three bullets in the driver's seat, and a 9mm magazine in the back seat. She also located a Chicago-area Walmart receipt and divorce papers for himself and his wife. Other police detectives testified to the search of Cuellar's home, where they located a brand-new iPhone, temporary firearm registration paperwork, bullets, and magazines for a Ruger 9mm and a Glock 23 semi-automatic pistol. A fellow soldier testified about how Jeremy purchased a Glock 23 in December, but also said that he sold Jeremy a 9mm handgun in October. The evidence stacked up against Kamaya, which was difficult to ignore. On the final day of the prosecution's case, they played the most damning piece of evidence yet. In the open courtroom, prosecutors played a recorded jailhouse call between Kamaya and her mother. On the call, Kamaya could be heard talking very softly to her mom, announcing she was in jail. When her mom asked her why, Kamaya told her it was because she knew. When she was further prodded by her mom, she explained that she knew that Jeremy had planned to shoot Tyrone. She says she knew and 
she helped him plan it. Her mom started crying on the phone, saying how horrible it was and that she couldn't believe her daughter was capable of such a thing. Her mom went on saying that Tyrone was a good man and a good dad and didn't deserve to die. It was absolutely devastating, and the entire Hassel family that was present had to hear this young woman they loved talk about how she planned to have their beloved Tyrone killed. Kamaya sat as still as a statue while this recording was played, and it was one of the most powerful moments of the entire trial for the jury. Kamaya admitted to police that Tyrone was a good man, and there wasn't anything he did wrong. No one could find fault with Tyrone. She was simply unhappy, which was the absolute worst thing she could find to say about her husband and their relationship. As soon as the prosecution rested its case, so did the defense. They presented no witnesses and cross-examined almost no one. The defense team admitted in their opening arguments that they weren't going to call witnesses and they weren't going to ask many questions of the prosecution witnesses. The reason they gave was because all of the prosecution witnesses were just fact witnesses, but they couldn't provide any direct evidence that their client was guilty of murder. They agreed a terrible tragedy had occurred and this death was horrible. However, they argued that no matter how terrible this whole thing was, it didn't make Kamaya guilty. They argued that to convict Kamaya of this crime would be to commit yet another terrible tragedy. There was absolutely no doubt that Jeremy Cuellar was solely responsible for the death of Tyrone Hassel, and the only evidence that prosecutors had was a false confession that they coerced out of Kamaya. Their defense, they said, was pretty simple. Kamaya didn't pull the trigger and she didn't commit the act of murder. She wasn't culpable as the prosecution wanted to portray. The defense claimed that Kamaya wasn't even having an affair with Jeremy, nor did she help him murder her husband. It was their claim that Kamaya had given a false confession to the police, and even that was only after hours of interrogation. Her lawyer said during their closing arguments that the police used a technique on Kamaya called parroting, where they would say what they wanted her to repeat, and she did. For example, they told her, Jeremy went back to Georgia to wait for you, and she would repeat back, Yeah, yeah, he went back to Georgia to wait for me, and so forth. They stated the police put words in Kamaya's mouth and used all sorts of tactics to coerce a confession from her, with one officer even telling her that he was willing to co-sign the loan that you're a good person, but that Jeremy was already confessing and they wanted her side of the story. This wasn't even true as Jeremy hadn't yet made any statements to police, but they wanted Kamaya to believe otherwise so she would confess. Her lawyers contended that the police tried both aggressive and passive tactics, saying how they just needed the truth from her and how the police kept her in an especially long interrogation. After the first interrogation, her attorneys claimed the police asked Kamaya to come to Lansing for a longer interview, but that she wasn't really asked, she was told. The defense team did the best they could to attack the police interrogation in the hopes that it might be the reasonable doubt jurors needed for an acquittal. The trial for Kamaya lasted only a week, 
wrapping up on Friday, July 19, 2019. The jury broke for deliberations, but they only needed an hour. They came back with a unanimous vote, finding Kamaya Hassel guilty of first-degree murder of her husband, Tyrone Hassel III. The family was filled with so many mixed emotions. They were happy their son's murder was avenged, but still devastated that it was at the hands of the woman Tyrone loved more than anything. Their world would never be the same again, but at least one of the people responsible for taking this amazing young man from the world would be held to justice. In the state of Michigan, first-degree murder carries an automatic penalty of life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. There will be a sentencing hearing, which will be held on August 29, 2019. While the sentencing will be merely a formality, this will be a chance for all of Tyrone's immediate family and loved ones to tell the court how much Tyrone meant to them and how much his loss has impacted and continues to impact their lives. How do you fully explain such a loss, though? How do you describe the overwhelming feeling of losing a son, a father, a brother, a friend who loved life to the fullest? As a lead prosecutor, Steve Pierangeli said of Tyrone, quote, Such a good man lost his life, a good family man, a good friend. I'm just glad we could deliver justice. Everyone that knew Tyrone said he had a zest for life and a positive attitude. There was a quote we found from his Twitter in 2015 that summed him up perfectly. It reads, Life is like a battery. Gotta have your positives. Gotta have your negatives. Lord knows I pray for better days. Tyrone leaves behind his loving parents, siblings Taekwon Hassel, Taekwe Hassel, Tyreek Hassel, Zaylin Hassel, Cameron Gavin, Benny Newman, Tyshawn Newman, Zaya Hassel, and Kaisha Palmer, many friends and extended family, and of course, his not-so-little guy anymore, Tyrone IV. Poor Tyrone Hassel IV, a.k.a. Chunk, will grow up with no mother and no father. But Tyrone's family is certain he will live on in his son, and they will never let anyone forget just how special Tyrone really was. In an interview following one court hearing, Tyrone Jr. was quoted as saying, I spent two weeks with this person after she killed my son. I grieved for her more than I grieved for myself because I saw a woman that lost her husband. She deceived us all. I thought she was a completely different person. Okay, fan club members. As I conclude this episode, my one question to you is, how will you sleep tonight? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on most social media platforms, Twitter at TCFCPod, Facebook.com slash TCFCPodcast, you can also find us on Instagram, TCFC underscore podcast. And of course, our website is truecrimefanclub.com. If you have an episode request, send us an email, tcfcpod at gmail.com. The producer for the show is the talented Nico at We Talk of Dreams. 
He's responsible for the audio engineering and custom music you hear throughout the show. Follow him on Twitter at WeTalkOfDreams or visit his website, WeTalkOfDreams.com. This episode was researched and content edited by Brittany Martinez. It was also written by Mary Cole. I'm your host, Lainey.